Hello, I'm Serena Dot Ryan, and welcome to the See Digital Clearly Show. This show is dedicated to inspiring action. Each episode, there is an interview with a thought leader doing great things with digital. They will share their insights and experience to get you inspired and focused to create the life you want thanks to digital. This episode, Stacey Coppers of the Academy of Resilience joins me. Thank you so much, Stacey Coppers. I really, really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join me today for the podcast. This is one of my passions is helping people to see digital clearly. And I love your story and how you've been able to use digital to achieve the life you want. Uh, I want to ask you, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, it's an absolute pleasure to be here with you. It's really nice to actually do this in person, which is even more fun. Um, When I was younger, from the time I could talk, all I wanted to be was a vet. So a long, long way from where I am now, where I'm a keynote speaker and um, a trainer and a writer and all those sort of things, um, you know, teaching on resilience. So, um, and yeah, I was, all I wanted to do was be a vet, but unfortunately a bit of a, you know, twist of fate, um, ended up having a serious injury as a 12 year old, which left me unable to, to follow that dream of being a vet. So, you know, it took a long time um, to work out what the next best option was. But, um, you know, certainly it took a long time to work that out. Um, Being quite young then, um, you know, we didn't have as many options, especially as far as the digital space goes. So um, certainly as time went on, there was more um, options that, you know, really meant that the physical limitations that I had um, ended up um, being levelled by technology, which is amazing. Wow. Because I say you wanted to be a vet. Do you by chance have any animals these days? Um, I do by default um, at the moment, temporarily living with my parents. I've um, adopted their dog, which I'm loving um, because all the time I was living out on my own, I never had pets because I was away so much. So I felt that it was a little bit cruel to have pets and then neglect them. So <laughs> I, I certainly like um, adopting other people's pets and it's good. It's like it's like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a proud auntie and it's very similar. It's a matter of, you know, you get to have all the fun without the responsibility. Oh, I love it. <laughs> wow. It's like I really enjoyed reading your article last weekend that was all about your plan B and you, you touch on those You've had an unfortunate accident, but it actually put you in this situation of, I guess, making the most of Plan B. Yeah, and that was leading on from um, Cheryl Sandberg's new book, um, yeah, Option B, and about, um, you know, how unfortunately her husband passed away and the story is is that, you know, she said how much she, you know, she wanted her husband and, and her friend, you know, had said to her, I said, well, you can't, so now you need to just kick the shit out of Option B and that ended up being the premise for this new book and um, so, yeah, I shared my story about how I'm living and embracing my Option B, um, which... I look at it now and it is far more amazing than I think ever could have been possible had I just ended up being the vet that I had my heart set on being. So, you know, sometimes while things seem 
um, you know, unfair or, you know, we don't like them about how things um, turn out for us. But, you know, once you start to look for the good in it and be grateful for the opportunity you've been given, then, um, you know, it's incredible how you can actually end up having a life far, far more expansive and amazing than you ever thought possible when you actually do embrace it. That's just amazing. So when did you first notice the value of digital marketing in the mix of what you're doing now? Yeah, I actually saw it way before what I'm doing now. So I've, I've been a, a huge advocate for digital marketing and just tech in general, um, you know, but when I sort of first started in the workforce, which was, you know, in the sort of mid to late 90s, um, you know, the internet certainly was very, very new um, and it was more just about, you know, probably having an email address was um, was a big thing back then. Um, and what I did is, you know, I had an admin job, and any time I was finished my work, any time I'd finish my work early, I just asked permission. You know, am I okay just to surf the net? And I bought like the idiots' guides for things and the dummies' guides. <laughs> so I taught myself how to build databases. Um, I taught myself um, SQL. I taught myself Visual Basic, and I ended up even through the business that I was working for. I ended up doing some software development, all completely self-taught. Um, and so from in my work, I was starting to do a little bit of that. Um, in my personal life, um, I my, probably my first venture into the online world was I was involved in direct selling for a while and I hated just actually going hitting out people with it. So I thought if I just build a website and sell the product online. So I did that. And I did really well. I made a lot of money out of it early on because I think I was one of the only people selling this company's product online. I don't, you can even buy it from the company direct. Um, <laughs> and so I did that to the point where I got, I ended up being that I found a direct copy of my website page by page. The only difference in the web address was instead of .au, it was .nz and they copied my website absolutely everything on it. So I thought, okay, I must be onto something here if someone's trying to copy me. I did pretty well with that um, until I actually ended up getting a knock on the door from the Therapeutic Goods Administration here in Australia. <laughs> Thankfully, I wasn't <laughs> home um, because some of the products I was selling had not had their official TGA um, approval in Australia. So I was oh technically breaking the law. Um, so like the pros and cons of being online. It is, it is, and it's like that risk versus reward, isn't it? And I kind of, I did kind of know, um, but I thought I'll just take my chances. And um, so from there, obviously, I had to reevaluate what I was doing. By that time, there was a lot of competitors that had seen that value. So um, I sort of, I sort of, it sort of petered out a little bit as far mm-hmm. as that goes. But it was a really good experience. Like I built the website myself. Um, I just Googled how to do it Mm -hmm. Um, and just that's how I've taught myself all along is just, you know, again, it was that sort of just, you know, that, um, you know, as needed learning. Um, So I just sort of thought, okay, I need to know how to do this now. I'll Google it. Um, So I ended up being Chris and the Google queen for a while. (laughs) Um, But it was brilliant. It's like how important that is to continuously learn and innovate because you're right, as soon as you find something's good, other people out there are also going to find it as well. And as they do, if you keep staying the same, mm-hmm. what I hear from you is that you, if you don't innovate, you die. Absolutely. And, again, it was like I could have done something differently with it, but I sort of thought, okay, I think I've, you know, again, it was a, it was a really good learning experience. And then I realised, again, selling someone else's product, um, you know, was, was always going to be limited in what I could do. And, 
as that was, I was still working a day job back then and, um, you know, uh, five years ago I left employee land and um, started my own business teaching resilience and sharing my personal story and um, yeah. digital has been a massive part of that, um, you know, through building a, not only just a website but a social presence, um, you know, using YouTube, uh, I still need to use it better, um, you know, doing some tele-seminars um, but probably the, the one that's been the biggest um, piece of the puzzle for me has been LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, three years ago, I decided that I was going to make a commitment to meet or have a conversation with as many people as possible through LinkedIn because I think there's a tendency to hide behind technology and digital. Um, but really, if we use digital to convert into the, you know, to the in-person conversation and build relationships, then that's where we really get the value. And um, I can you know, directly or indirectly attribute probably 90% of my business over the last three years has been from a LinkedIn conversation. That's brilliant. What an amazing statistic as well because it's it's something you'd probably be aware that I get very passionate about is we don't just exist online or in person. We actually have this opportunity to use what is available to us online to extend who we are in person. And then if people don't leverage that or they try to be something online that they're not, it it comes back to them because they either miss out on the opportunity or they're they're found out, so to speak, as well. (laughs) You can't actually hide behind it. It is. And these days it's so much more important. And um, and it is, you've got to make sure that the gap between who you're presenting and who you really are, you know, that needs to be as tiny as possible. The greater that gap is then the less sustainable it's going to be. And, and really it's like how much effort it takes to be something you're not. Um, it's, it's really pointless. Um, and really, you know, digital just has this opportunity to really amplify, you know, really is an opportunity to amplify who we are, our message, and amplify our ability to connect and impact other people. Absolutely. I love it. So what have you actually found most challenging um, personally, I, and I guess this is a personal and professional thing is, and this is common to so many, um, entrepreneurs and, um, self-employed people is the, um, desire to do it all yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I must say, look, five years on, I still do almost everything myself. Um, and just bit by bit really starting to, um, to look at what I can let go of, um, because it's coming down to what's my best value and if I can pay somebody, you know, $30, $40 an hour to do some of this stuff where I can be going out making, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars an hour doing what I do best, then it's letting that go. Um, I think it's important to know how to do some of these things that you're outsourcing so you know that you're that you not getting ripped off or things are being done properly and you can manage things effectively. Um, I think also just dealing with the ebbs and flows of being, you know, an entrepreneur, self-employed, um, that, you know, we don't get the same amount of money coming into our bank account on a weekly basis that we're used to in employee land um, and knowing that ultimately everything is our own responsibility. So um, I'm fortunate that, you know, my area of expertise is resilience. So I've actually lived and breathed it. Um, But I think that, you know, resilience is certainly something that's so, so important for people that are going on this journey, particularly in digital. um, Because again, as I learned early on when I was, you know, selling products online, what is working really well isn't going to last forever. Yes. We've seen that with, you know, people that were, you know, killing it with Google AdWords and then they changed that and it's like 
Some people were, you know, making millions of dollars a year and suddenly they made nothing. So we've always, we have to be constantly learning as, you know, you've touched on and, you know, as, as you, you share so much is always being um, at the forefront of what's new, what's changing um, while being connected with why you do what you do, what yeah. service you deliver, what value you deliver and the relationships you're making with other people. So true. So you're right. I I find people get surprised when I say I invest 20 hours a week in my own learning and it's actually thousands. So I did a calculation in the last um, couple of weeks where I've gone, I'm averaging 12,000 a year in my own learning annually as an investment of my budget and I ask people what their learning budget is not because I want to say well actually that's what I can necessarily charge but I actually want to see that they're allocating a budget towards their learning because you're right I've I've seen it firsthand if I being brutally honest um, in my working life as an employee I've been made redundant three times so while people might say that that's a safer place to be as an employee, it's actually not necessarily the case. It, regardless of whether you're an entrepreneur or an employee, you have to be aware that we're in an environment where change is happening so rapidly that if we aren't continuously looking to innovate, we, we don't actually set ourselves up for success. We have to have a learning mindset and when I say um, I've learned how to innovate, what resonates really strongly with your story, with me, is the understanding of resilience. So when I can talk about being made redundant, um, that immediately affects your ego and your ability to say if you're good at something. But what I've been able to adjust with understanding resilience and also from reading your book as well is remind myself that my skills are transferable. And when I can see my skills are transferable, it opens up so many more doors of opportunity. And I just love that. And I love seeing how you bring that all together. So yeah. thank you. Thank no. you for sharing more of your story. No, my pleasure. My pleasure. And, and again, similarly, um, I've invested heavily in my own development and a lot of people are horrified, I would say, in the past six years. I'm, I'm probably up around the 70,000, 80,000 mark on um, what I've invested in my own personal and professional development, not to mention I would say similarly um, to yourself, I would say I'm spending around the 20 hours um, a week still. Um, I still invest in coaching. I still invest in being part of, um, you know, entrepreneur and business networks. I even, you know, last night again I was, you know, I'm out in leadership groups um, and, again, it's that whole thing, you know, what isn't growing is dying. Um, and in the current environment, as you said, it's people have this illusion that there's some sense of security in having a permanent job. The only difference is is that, you know, you, you might get two weeks pay for every year you've been there. That's the only difference. It's no more or less secure. Um, so, uh, you know, it is really important um, and it, it is important to always be, um, you know, ready for what might come next um, and and to have a sense of curiosity about it. I think this is a big thing, whereas there's so much fear around change. There's so much fear 
um, and about that it's personal and also this is stuff that is happening to me and it's also personal. It's like, well, no, it's not. It's just the way of the world. And if you can actually have that growth mindset, an element of curiosity, um, be always interested in growing yourself but also how growing yourself impacts the business you're working in, the company you're working for, the people around you, society as a whole, and take that responsibility for, you know, being someone that has influence and impact in a positive way um, and love love the process. Um, it's amazing if we have more people doing that, that how things are going to change for the good. Love it. Thank you so much for your time today, Stacey. I really, yeah. I appreciate it. I've got so much out of today and I hope that everyone listening here as well is doing likewise. I look forward to being able to chat to you again soon and share more of your insights. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure to be on here with you, Serena. Thanks for listening. The best time for you to take action is now. Get out there and use digital for what it's intended for to make your life a better one.